Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. And, you know, and there's so there's another thing that I really would love for you just to kind of give me some insight on is the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, I originally was um, saying, okay, I get the All Lives Matter. I get, I understand like why people are saying that. And then I go to the actual website of Black Lives Matter and I see some of the other things that is it's behind as far as the organization's concerned. But then other people are saying, well, just because you have, you know, BLM on your t-shirt doesn't necessarily mean that you are in agreement with the organization. You're really communicating what the statement means. And then I posted an article that kind of shed some light to um, you know, how, what are the differences and why when when you say Black Lives Matter, is it different than, you know, why are we not why we shouldn't say all lives matter? And there was like no likes on there, like no one even said or even liked it. I mean, like not one person. And so yeah. then I was like, uh oh, did I do something wrong there? And so really, it was just an attempt of saying, wow, this brought a little bit more of clarification for me. And then I saw you and your church actually did, you know, a protest walk. Um at a local park around here and was like, okay, wow, look, look at him. He's like really, you know, being loud and, and having a voice in, in this movement. So could you just maybe educate me and obviously other people who might not really understand, like, what is that saying and how impactful it might be to the community? Yeah. So, so here's, here's the reality in, in the light of all these, can you hear me? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. In the light, in, in light of all the things that have been happening in our country where it's feels as though Black lives don't matter. The Black Lives Matter movement uh, was was the first organization to speak up and to give language to the feeling that Black and Brown people experience on a daily basis. The church didn't step up. The church mm-hmm. didn't didn't step up and say we need something needs to be done. We need to say something. Uh, and when I say the church, I mean um, Universal uh, Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, like our church, I mean, our church has, I mean, small, you know, churches have, but like, like a collection, um, you know, even the black church in many cases has, I'll say the evangelical church. Yeah. I'll say that the evangelical church didn't step up and say, um, like, um, we need to fight for, for the, um, for, for black people because there are these injustices that are happening. Um, the government did not do it. Um, uh, this this organization um, gave terminology and spoke to the, the the hurt and the pain that Black people are experiencing across the world and across this specifically across this country with a statement that says Black Lives Matter. And because they were the first people to do it to bring to attention the feeling that that we feel, that is the statement that has stuck. And that has been has brought movement to um, this this season in our world and in our in our country. And so, um, where I am a hundred percent on board with the statement that Black Lives Matter, I like that. I cannot think of a better statement that that resonates with me, with what I'm dealing with as a black man, as a black father, as a black husband, and the the pain, the anguish, and the anger, and the fear that I deal with on a daily basis when I, when I see what's happening in this country and how it seems to be getting closer and closer to me. Um, like black lives matter like that. It, it when, even when I say it, it's a 
breath of fresh air to me mm. and, and to, to, to black people. Um, and I can't speak for all black people, but for the black people that I know, it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, and, and to hear, to hear white people say, I believe that black lives matter in a time where it seems as though black lives don't matter means the world to us. Okay. And so I can, I can walk around with a t-shirt that says black lives matter on it and know that, and, you know, know that it, it, it resonates with me and, and can invite 70 plus of our church members to be a part of a march that, that says black lives matter. And, um, to, to, to do that with, with, with confidence. However, uh, I, I don't support, um, or believe in some of the, um, the, the mission and the, 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 uh, overarching values of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, mm-hmm. and and so, um, you know, it, it is what it is. But it, it in no way that the answer is not what what is happening in our country is, um, and it's happening by a lot of a lot of white people is saying we should we shouldn't use this term. Uh, this this is a bad term, and it's it's. It's overarching. We're allowing that to overarch um, or supersede the message, and the message is so important right now that it must be heard from the rooftops, um, and it must be spoken by people. And if we allow the 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 you know the details and the things in the weeds to overarch what the main message is, then um, it will hurt. It will hurt us rather than help us, and um, it will bring anger and more disrest to people of color. Yeah. So you know what yeah. So what we're saying here is, you know, the Black Lives Matter and the statement in itself. And I'm so happy to hear, you know, just your um, input and how this has impacted you personally. So thank you for just being so honest and vulnerable and sharing that. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying, oh, because I have that on my shirt or that I'm communicating this, that I necessarily believe in the organization, all the things and the other things that it has in its position. Um, But then when you also go to where someone says, well, all lives matter, you know, so when I say all lives matter, I'm technically saying black lives matter. And one of the things that I liked about this article that gave me insight is, is where they actually gave statements of saying, you know, like say there's houses and there's one house burning down. You're not going to put the water on the house that's still standing. You're going to put the water on the on the fire part of it. And where it says, do people who change Black Lives Matter to All Lives Matter run through a cancer fundraiser going, well, there are, there's other diseases, too. So it's not right. saying that there's not other diseases, but this particular fundraiser is speaking to how those who are suffering and dying from cancer. Or there's another one that is like the impulse of changing the terms. Do you crash a stranger's funeral shouting? I, too, have felt loss. So it's yeah. not negating that this person has passed away and their family members are mourning. That doesn't mean that you're not mourning, you know, it's not like you're going to bring your attention to those that you've had lost. And so I thought that that article really gave perspective of by saying Black Lives Matter, you're not saying that all lives don't matter. It's pretty much just saying that this is the area um, that has identified that that needs help, that needs a voice, that that needs that suffering, the injustice. Am I right sure. in saying that or? You're right. No, you're, you're right on. I mean, that's, you know, if, if, if I tell someone I like Chick-fil-A, it doesn't mean I don't like 
Um, Whataburger. <laughs> Whataburger, you know? It, it, I'm just saying I like the Oh, flavor, Chicken you know? Express or something. Yeah, yeah it's got to be the same flavor. kind. Yeah. It's got to be the same kind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and so, um, like, right right now in our country, you know, yes, there are white lives that are being lost, and we can argue that there are more white lives that die on a daily basis than black lives. Um, but, I mean, uh, when we look at ratios and, and all that stuff, obviously there, there, are, there are more white people in this, this country than there are black people in this country. Um, but when we look at just just how, how frequent black lives are being lost and, and how it's happening, even by police officers and, and the, what, what seems to be a lack of, of, of uh, compassion um, for, for black um, men and women, boys and girls, um, during this, this time, I, it feels as though black lives don't matter. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the, the scream, the, the lament, uh, the, the hurt of, of, um, of people in this country and in this world. And uh, again, it doesn't discredit or uh, the lives of anyone else, but it's saying black because we live in a country where it feels as though black lives don't matter. And so we need to say black lives matter because it doesn't feel as though black lives matter. When when my parents were young, it was black is beautiful. That was a term that they said within within their community, because when you looked at television, black faces were. We're, we're not seen as beautiful. We're not seen as, as uh, you know, um, seen as a model or as as um, something to, to, to be happy you are. And so there was this mantra of black is beautiful um, for black people, but also for white people to let them know, look, we're beautiful as well. You know, it's blonde hair, blue eyes is not the only measure of beauty. Uh, black is beautiful as well, and it's not. Right. It's not saying that brown isn't beautiful or that white isn't beautiful, but it's an affirmation that is needed. Like we have experienced, um, like you know, four hundred years plus of being our ancestors being told that they're less of a human, that they are not beautiful, that they are not um, smart, or that they are not relevant or have the ability to do this and to do that and that's been that's been that was that was that was implanted into their mind and so um you know um and and they were beaten as a result of that and raped as a result of that and 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 treated as less than a human i mean um you know i i think it was um you know three four three fourths of of a human because of the because of um, the, the census um, in the South, you know, they, they wanted to be able to count their slaves as something. Uh, and so they were counted as three fourths of a, of a, of a human. I, I think that's, that number is correct. The ratio is correct. Um, but not quite human, you know, even um, when it came to, to voting, um, there was a time when black people couldn't vote because there was a feeling that we weren't smart enough to vote correctly or, we shouldn't have been educated because it was a waste of an education because black people didn't deserve to be educated and couldn't be educated. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things have happened over hundreds of years. And to think that after, you know, I mean, 50, 60 years ago, 
I wouldn't have been able to vote 60 years ago. You know, like, and so to think that as, as a country, we have, have, have gone past that and can, you can't move. I mean, as, as, as counselors, as good biblical counselors, you know that, you know, 400 years of trauma cannot just be solved in a, a, a month or two months or years. It, it takes, it takes time uh, to, to address and to deal with and to get over that trauma. And so even these, these mantras of black is beautiful and, and black lives matter help to overcome the trauma that, that is in our past that our ancestors had to deal with. And we need, uh, we need for people to get on board with that and to, to support it and to, to help us as a country uh, move past uh, the injustices that have happened um, uh, over, over, over hundreds of years. Yeah, that, that is so, um, that's so good to hear, you know, obviously knowing that our audience that speak the truth is, is mainly counselors and biblical counselors and pastors. We, we already know that those who are listening have a real heart and care and compassion for people. I think it's more about just, um, really encouraging all of you who are listening to, you know, use what we're talking about here to motivate you in a way that you are speaking up and, and speaking out that you are, building a community around you of people who look different than you as, as pastor Trey has communicated. Um, you know, one of the other things that we had kind of talked about from the, or one of the things that we really have seen out there is where, when the whole thing happened, um, there was like this backlash to police officers. And so if I was standing up and, and saying black lives matter and talking about the police brutality that, you know, I also have friends who, who have husbands and, and our friends that, that are our police officers. And it was almost like this hate started getting directed to all police officers. And so if I'm saying this and I'm saying this other thing, and it's almost like people felt like they were picking a lane, right? So if I'm only in this lane, then I'm communicating all these other things. And I think that we kind of spoke about that from a, a, a black lives to all lives matter, but also from a police officer standpoint of what is like the best way to communicate and speaking out about the injustice, but all the while not being hateful and still showing love in general, because really the whole heart about around it is the unit unity, right? The unity that we see in scripture, the unity in the way that God designed, um, but I think a lot of people, they think that if I say this, I'm, I'm saying that I don't, that I'm being hateful to this, if that makes sense. So I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's, it's uh, a defensive, it's a defense mechanism. Um, you know, we live in a country that, um, you know, you're, you're expected to choose sides. I mean, uh, politically, um, religiously, um, in, 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 in pretty much every single um, aspect of, of life, you're, you're expected to choose sides. And, um, you know, it's, it's very unfortunate. I think, you know, when it comes, when it comes to, uh, politics, we, um, we associate certain things with certain parties, um, rather than having a biblical perspective. Uh, we feel like, um, you know, it's just, just very politicized issues have become politicized rather than um, us seeing them from a clear, concise biblical perspective, and that is that is the um, you know I think the detriment of 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 um, of of, of our, even our country. I mean, Jesus Jesus's greatest you know his prayer 
in John 17 was that we would be one. Um, one in faith, one in fellowship. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I think our lifelong struggle as as Christians, uh, but then even beyond that, as, as just humans, will be to to truly unify because there everything is, you know, th- there's so many divisions. Divisions are the way this country are the way this country it was created that way. And so um, we live in a divisive a divisive world. And so um, you know when, when it comes to you know, that, that's a, it's, it's a defense mechanism to say, well, if you say black lives matter, then you're saying that blue lives don't right. or that, that white lives don't or that other lives don't. And we just I think we just have to fight against that. And, um, you know, there are. Are there black people out there who have done wrong and deserve, you know, to 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 go to. To, to, to go to jail or to right. be arrested. Yeah. Yes, of yeah. course. Uh-huh. Are there police are there police officers that that have uh, a very unhealthy bias and and are looking for reasons to, to hurt people, especially uh, black people or brown people or or gang members or whomever? Yes, for sure. And and those police officers need to uh, be fired and lose their jobs, just like those those uh, black people or brown people or white people who do wrong deserve penalties for that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there has to be accountability in in policing um, and we have to figure out what that accountability is, you know, uh, so that police brutality ends and, and there's there's the uh, appropriate accountability for our police officers in this country. And so um, where um, where where I I um, you know I, I love I'm thankful for our police officers who who protect and serve. Um, I also want to get rid of those police officers that are not there to truly protect and to serve. Um, and so, yeah, we've got to we've got to yeah, we've just got to hold people accountable and not and 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 fight against the divisiveness of of words and semantics. And remember what's most important. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And just, uh, just lastly, trading closing, you know, the, the idea of, you know, socially getting out there and doing things to deconstruct these perspectives towards racism and dismantling that whole thought process agenda. Obviously from a spiritual perspective, we know that, you know, all the ultimate transformation is heart change. We can legislate, we can do all these things. And I think really kind of what I'm trying to get to is it seems like when we have these conversations or kind of what I'm hearing, um, you know, just in the mainstream too, is even among, you mentioned evangelicals is, well, it's like, Oh, it's a social, you're making this a social gospel. The gospel is a social matter and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's almost like we don't really get beneath the surface of the implications of the gospel. No question. Yeah. So, and, and I know you're, you're obviously huge on that. Um, so just kind of lastly, you know, in, in terms of ways to deconstruct, when we talk about vehicles to deconstruct these perspectives, obviously, you know, as pastors and Christians and ministers of reconciliation, our agenda ultimately is the gospel. 
Um, we can demonstrate that uh, in some means socially to where we're not dropping scripture verses, but we're demonstrating the love of Christ and the actions that we do. But how would you, you know, how is, for example, the well moving forward and obviously in leadership development, uh, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4, where our people, our sheep are, you know, what we're responsible for, that our people are well versed in this and they understand how to apply the gospel to matters such as this. What well, would, you, what would uh, yeah. you say to that? We've got to teach it. Yeah. I mean, we we are a socially conscious church, which means that we 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 talk about these issues on Sunday morning, not not just on Wednesday night, but on on Sunday morning. Um, in the pulpit. The, in the pulpit, yeah. And the reason is because I don't want my people to get their life perspective from CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. <laughs> right. You know, that's not and that's funny, where, but I laugh because it's unfortunately true. true. Yeah, yeah, but and the reality is that's where we're getting our our perspective from. Right, that's where we're getting our perspectives from. That's what teaches us. I mean, and not just news, but uh, I mean, like um, our society. Right, that's what teaches us to hear certain trigger words and to 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 assume it's to the right or to the left, and 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 so we've got to deconstruct that, and that happens. The only way that can happen. For Christians is in the church. We've got to teach about it. On Sundays, we we, we talk about the issues of this country, and we we we, we teach them how to have a a truly gospel, Christ-centered, um, biblical perspective um, on the the issues that are happening in this country. There is no better scripture for this than I think Micah six. Yes, exactly. Um, yes, says what do you require? Oh, what does the Lord require of us to, to act justly? How is it? How, how are we acting justly in this world? Not just within the four walls of our church, but in this world. You know, how, how are we acting justly? What are we doing to love mercy? Yeah. What are we doing to truly walk humbly? Uh, walking humbly means not walking pridefully and not walking individualistically. We are very. Um, individualistic people by nature. And so when someone says something like it's very individualistic to one could say, it's very individualistic to say when someone says black lives matter, just say, no, all lives matter. That's, that feels like uh, that, that's, that's an individualistic way of looking at that situation. And one could say, well, black lives matter is an individualistic way of looking at it, but no, it's not because it's, it's seen a issue of, of a lack of justness yeah. and acting just justly and loving mercy in a way so much so that that it's, it's proclaiming and, and using my feet to show and, and my actions to show that I believe that Black Lives Matter and I'm going to do what it takes to, to, to help the world see this as well. Um, and so um, we, we've got to find ways to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. And uh, that needs to start within the four walls of the church so that it can be taken outside of the four walls of the church and lived. No, that's good. So, um, I, and kind of just, you know, hearing your response to that, it, it really reminded me of a couple passages in Ephesians two, for example, that I think really with Ephesians two specifically starting in, in verse 13, when we talk about this, you know, we talk about racism at the end of the day, you know, you know, the biblical vernacular for that, the, the heart of the matter is hatred and hostility. Yeah. You know, racism is is a is a manifestation of hatred and hostility. Mm-hmm. 
Christ came to tear down the walls. Right, that yeah, dividing yeah. wall, and and that, wall. right, and so that so I just want to read that uh, just really quick, and and maybe we can speak to it. I know Shauna wants to close out, and then Jeremy, if you've got a a couple thoughts, I encourage you to do that. But uh, verse thirteen, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one. And Trey, that goes back to your point right? That getting away and escaping from that individualistic mentality and getting into this oneness that Christ obviously died for, um, but both one and has broken down in his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man, one, one, one new man. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's that's the purpose of deconstructing is we have to deconstruct this individualistic, it, just the whole paradigm that's mm-hmm. behind it, which makes it systemic in nature. What, what's hindering us from walking in unity, right? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, just the, the reality of the new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God. So that vertical reality, which allows me to walk humbly before God, knowing my 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 poor in spirit you know, reality, right. Uh, To use a beatitude, but a new man in place of two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Yeah. 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 The, the, the Greek there, that one new, new uh, creation, I think it's a kinon anthropon, you know, this idea of new, not new, like, uh, like the new Ford Mustang new, but like, (laughs) no, like like new creation in second Corinthians. Like, like like, like the model T. The, yeah. Ford model, the, the, the original this, version. <laughs> yeah, the original version. This new, new creation, and um, you know that that's that's vitally important, and that's that's my goal, my friend. Yeah. Have y'all no, seen the good. new Corvette though? It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it is nice. It's really cool. Okay, that that there's yeah. a shamanism right there. Yeah. Well, fast. listen, Trey, right. you are no stranger for speaking out in the community where you've been involved in the Keller Pastor Alliance Board. You do the Martin Luther King Day and and speak. Uh, about him and share who he is, you know, from the city hall stairs. And now you're involved with the police department, which is so incredible. Um, And so just thank you for just all the ways that you're impacting our local community. And we obviously are blessed by it, Michael and I personally, because we live here. Um, But I'm sure you would have encouragement for other churches and other cities to, to get involved. Um, Let me ask you this. Do you have any books or material or resources, websites, anything that you can think of that we could put in our show notes to, encourage our listeners to take the time and read sure. or watch. Yeah. I could, I could, I could, um, I could either send those to you. I can say them real quick right now. Yeah. Just I mean, say them if you got them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a great book by, uh, Frederick Douglass or not, not by Frederick Douglass, but about uh, him. Written, written about him, mm-hmm. a biography, um, written by David W. Blight, B L I, uh, G H T. Um, I, I'd recommend that book. Um, I'd recommend uh, The New Jim Crow, which is uh, written by a lady by the name of Michelle Alexander. Um, I would recommend for our Dallas, Dallas Fort Worth people, uh, a book called White Metropolis, which talks about race, ethnicity, and religion in Dallas between 1841 to 2001. It's by Michael Phillips. I'm actually reading that with. Um, with uh, chief of police and as well as a, a council member um, in the city, hoping to kind of engage in some some healthy conversations. Uh, another book is a book called White Fragility by Robin uh, D'Angelo. Another book, Oneness Embraced by Dr. Tony Evans. 
uh, a letter to the Birmingham jail by Brian Loritz and uh, free at last by one of my professors by the name of Carl Ellis. And then um, the new evangelicalism by um, Sung Chan Ra. Um, and then lastly, I mean, I could go all day, but lastly, um, Divided by Faith, phenomenal, phenomenal book that uh, has has really had an impact on me. It's it's about evangelical religion and the problem of race in America by Michael Emerson and Christian Smith. Uh, those are some some great books. That's awesome. Thank you. Michael will put that in the in the yeah. show notes and that will definitely keep our listeners busy and reading. Um, Jeremy, you have been very quiet. Is there anything that you want to say or share before we close out? just want to say thanks to Trey coming on and shedding some wonderful light on this issue that definitely um, we all need to be focused on. And, you know, just hearing him talk, um, especially when he was given the example about drawing a, a number six and uh, only really being able to understand that when you change positions and come to the other person, uh, viewing it through their own perspective. Uh, I was just reminded that that's really an example of Christ. You know, we, we, we read in the book of Hebrews that he entered our world so that he could experience our humanity and so that he could have sympathy for us. And so I think, you know, as we, as we engage the things that Trey's talking about, we really need to recognize um, it's really us doing our part uh, along with the Holy Spirit to be conformed into the image of Christ, to have the courage to get over um, our own selves and step into the, the shoes of another human being. Uh, so that we can have uh, compassion and empathy for their experience. I can tell you firsthand, you know, we may have some listeners that may not agree with what we're saying here, but eight years ago, uh, I was invited by uh, some folks here in my, my town to start coaching an AAU basketball team for our local, local kids here. And those kids, I stayed with them for eight years. And I think there were two white kids and the rest were black kids and, and they became my kids. But I remember early on, when I was just first getting to know them, I was taking several of them home and a cop pulled up beside us. And I looked back in the back seat and, and all three of those uh, black young men were basically in the floorboard, terrified. And I just remember sitting there thinking, man, this is an experience that I don't really live every day. And so it just started a wonderful conversation and, and an awareness for me personally to recognize that, you know, um, people in, in the black community do live a different experience that, we have to do the work um, in, in, in the white culture to get into that experience, just like Jesus got into our experience so that we can just spread the love and, and, and grace of God um, throughout. And I just love, Trey, how you brought you brought a very, very wise and balanced perspective to something that when you do watch the news organization just seems so chaotic. So thank you, brother. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, sure. Let, let, let me close this out um, just reading a, a piece of an article on DesiringGod.org uh, by Pastor Steve Lee, who's out of uh, Minnesota. And, uh, and then we'll close, our obviously, our time together. So mutual love makes no room for division, divisiveness, and hostility in the one body of Christ. We can ensure and should persevere the glorious unity we have in Jesus Christ. We have hope because we have Christ. And because we have hope, we can take meaningful steps to have our lives and actions reflect the values of Christ's kingdom. Christ calls us to faith, 
build action rooted in Christ's work and his kingdom, not to earthly agendas on the left or right. We also ought to extend grace to others who have differing strategies, tactics, and levels of understanding as we recognize what we are all striving to achieve. In the last day, gathered around his throne, clothed and clothed in the righteousness of Christ, finally seeing face to face, we will see how we all fell short. No one engaged in these conversations perfectly. Everyone made mistakes along the way in our discovery and understanding of racism. No one will have the moral high ground in that day. We will all stand on level ground, grateful that God saves sinners and marvel that we had an opportunity to play a part in advancing his end time mission through our feeble and faithful prayers, labors, and participation. Oh, may our Lord Jesus come quickly. And if he tarries, let us lock arms as brothers and sisters in Christ to carry out his work and his strength and for his glory until he returns. That's Amen. good. That's good. Well, Trey, man, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And, uh, man, we'd like to have you on again and talk some pastoral ministry. Thanks, Trey. Thank you. Take care. See you.